Hello, bugbear enthusiasts. This is Cody Martin, and I play the character of Frederick Marion Hambino. We are so stoked to have more support from our listeners every week, and it's awesome to see our bugbear community growing. So please keep it going. If you haven't rated our show or shared us with your friends on DD slash Pathfinder Group, do it. It plays a huge part in our success, and we love connecting with as many gaming communities as we can. So feel free to check us out on Twitter or Instagram. Give us a follow, especially if you would like to stay more up to date on our show and our endeavors. You guys are awesome. Please enjoy our next episode of Bugbear High. This black cloaked figure, long robes all the way down. But this time he's got somebody with him. Somebody else walks out from behind him who looks like a much bigger, much beefier version of the same man. You can see the robes end and all you can see is very sturdy, thick combat looking boots um, on the ground. You see a much more broad shoulders, barrel chested figure standing next to him, but with the same hood and the same swirling face. You see the face, the first faceless man, the one we are familiar with, begins to speak. And he says, I can't let you play that. Because here's what happens. If you play that, people will begin to sympathize for you. They'll begin to trust you. And you'll begin to thrive here at Bugbear High. And once Earth feels safe to come over, everything falls apart. I'm sorry. I recognize that you haven't done anything terrible. But trust me, you will. We've done our best to avoid violence. But personally, I'm just kind of running out of ideas. And compared to what you'll do later... All means are justified. So, I, to put it simply, hand over the crystal or we will kill you. No. No? I'm sorry. Why I didn't, would we I didn't, do that? No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't quite hear you. Explain yourself one more time. And he just reaches out his hands and just kind of pinches his hands together. And you start to feel an unbearable constriction around your neck. And you are struggling. It's just... And you're unable to get words out of your mouth. It's just your your esophagus is being crushed. And you hear him say, I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> That's no! <laughs> <laughs> that? You, kind of like, you see him kind of shrug his shoulders a little bit. And he says, I knew, I knew. He's played by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> so he says, I knew you'd get that one. I knew you'd get it. I knew you would. And he releases his grip and you kind of fall to the ground for a second and catch your breath. Come on. <laughs> Star Wars references are my thing. I know they are. Of course I do. Look, we watched that together like a hundred times. God knows how many times you've seen it more than I have. Wh- and hey, What? Yeah, I know. Here's the thing. I got I got another one for you because I know how much you love Star Wars references. So I never actually told you what my name is. And my name is Luke. And do you know why my name is Luke? It's named after my dad's favorite hero from his favorite movie. So now, Nathan Miller, it's your turn to quote a line from that very same trilogy. Do you know the one that I'm talking about? Do you know the one? Maybe this will help. And he pulls back his hood and no. the smoke around his face disappears and you see a young man, about 23, who has a stunning likeness to Nathan Miller. Do you know the line I'm talking about, Dad? Say it. Say it. No! No! This, no! Say it. Say it, Dad. Damn it. Luke, I am what i'm your f- no that's this right. can't happen i won't let this happen <laughs> that's the problem dad it already did okay and look i know i don't maybe seem particularly well adjusted from our experiences so far but it's actually clearly a thing but what's funny about this is while star wars was about the only thing that you ever gave to me as a kid somehow it was actually enough yeah, because especially after mom died and you just totally checked out, you're too busy uh, enslaving the races of mythos. Now, I actually what? do know what I need to know. That's right, because I know that the way that your story ends is that you're Darth Vader and I am Luke Skywalker. And the only way to take down your empire is to kill my dad. And I guess Star Wars taught me everything I needed to know after all. 
You don't know how things go after this, Dad. There's a reason you cannot succeed here at Bugbear High is because after you do, everything gets worse. And I have to stop you. No. Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm not your little boy anymore. Okay? I think I'm actually calling the shots now. I am more powerful than you ever were. I didn't know what else to do, but I, I had to go ahead and find a way to stop you. You were too powerful then, but I committed heresy. I found my way back to find you back in your glory days of Bugbear High so I could stop this before it starts. And I found you, Dad. It's over. No, I'm the Luke of my story. <laughs> That's what you always said. That's what you always said. And you know what, Dad? Honestly, as upset as I am with you, I really don't want to be the one that has to do this, which is why I'm really glad I have him, okay? Because he's in a similar predicament, but he doesn't have the same hangups that I do about you, and he's a little more familiar with having blood on his hands. Isn't that right, Ken? And he looks to his left, and the big burly shoulder on his left pulls back his hood to reveal his face, and we see another human with a stunning likeness to Kenny. Oh. Oh, man. (laughs) And we finally see the first two confident faces of the two world order are not only both human, but are Nathan's son and Kenny's father. And Kenny's father speaks and said, Kenny, I'm sorry. I loved your mom and I wanted a son more than anything. But when the fate of the world is on the line and I'm the one to blame for it, I cannot let anything, not even you, get in the way of stopping it. And Luke looks back around. See, look at this. Isn't this fun? The family's all back together again. That's great. That's a, what a great way to kind of to send this out. But I'm sorry. We Kenny, just can't afford to take Kenny any more chances. Him. Kenny interrupts him yep. and says, stop. Stop talking. And he, he slowly walks up to his father. Still wondering if this is true or not, because this isn't the first time this has happened. Or somebody has come. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, and he, he was like, if you're my dad, prove it. Prove it to me right now. Tell me, you, th- this has already happened to me. Somebody came in to my life telling me that they were my dad. And, and they weren't. And they actually tried to kill me and my friends. So this is not the first time this has happened. If you're my father... Now is the time to prove it. That blade on your hip. That was my gift to you. Plus one flinted short sword. One of a kind. Can spark with it, disappear with it. Carbon fiber. Pull off the hilt. Read what it says there, right at the base of the blade. He takes the short sword in his hand. Made in China. (laughs) You see, I won this at a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. That was very good, John. That's kind of, that like was very good. Uh, for that. Made in China. Oh. <laughs> I love it. That's very good. Wow. So Kenny clicks it open, and you read what it says at the base of the blank. <laughs> and and as you read it, he says it out loud, and he says, "Spectre." As you look on the blade, it's, it's very lightly carved in there, almost hard to see unless you're holding it at the right angle. But you see it says, Spectre. He says, hmm. I was one of the first ones over. The reason why I know you're my son, why you're the only half-orc around here, is because I got over here before anybody else did. About 12 years early. I guess 13 now. I was part of an interspace military strike team called Spectre. We had been observing the scientists that were trying to find their way into this other world. We figured it out first, and they sent me over as a, as a vanguard just to observe and report. But I got attacked by some owl bears, which I had no idea how to fight. They got me pretty good, and I hid in the school, and that's when I met your mom. She saved me and brought me back to health, and we fell in love We had you, and I wanted you more than anything else in the world. When you were born dead, I realized there's no way. 
there's no way. It was foolish to think that I could ever actually live a normal life here. So I left, and while I was gone, this this man showed me visions of the future, and they were about you and the things that you did. And I couldn't bear it. And I didn't believe it for the longest time until I met Luke. And Luke, from the future, says that these things are all, in fact, true and that they actually happened, and he's here to stop it. And I, I Kenny, I want a son and I want you in my life more than anything I could possibly imagine, but I can't watch the world burn so that I can get what I want. I'm part of the reason why this whole mess even happened in the first place. And I have to be the one to fix it. Well, if you really are my father, which it sounds like you are, I only have one question to ask you. If you've known that I'm alive and you know that these things happen and that I might be the cause and now you choose to intervene, why would you intervene out of fear and come against me and my friends instead of intervening out of love and coming to help us avoid this future that you're so afraid of? That's my same question, Luke. Why try to kill me? Why not just try to help guide me? That's a great question, Dad. I thought you might ask that. Uh, do you want to tell him, Kit? I suppose you don't know what we've been up to for the last 12 years, but we've been trying to find a way to change the future, to change things. To We've talked to oracles, prophets, soothsayers. We've tried... Uh, forcing things but it seems like no matter what we do the future keeps correcting itself it seems like it's locked onto this course and it seems like the only way to get anything off this track is through death so i'm not coming to you in fear although i am afraid of what i have to do but for 12 years i tried to find any other way and we just can't find one so this is our last resort that logic is still skewed Because even attacking us and trying to kill us, we would still, it, history would still try to correct itself. We would still end up winning and then be bitter against you. That would make us more bitter having to kill Kenny's father and my son. That would then make the future even worse. Do you realize what you're saying? This is the first time we're talking about this, and and we're already making progress. But you guys have never come to us before now, and now, it, it, now you come to us with tidings of of death and destruction. It seems it seems to me that the reason the future is the way it is is because you're on this course and and you're you've not decided to waver. So, oh. Dad, I want to love you, and I and I I want. All I want, there's nothing I want more than to run to you right now. But instead, you come with your mind made up. And if what you say is true, then it sounds like fate is actually on my side. So we'll have to see how this plays out. And he pulls the dagger out. And he gets into a defensive position. Honestly, Nathan Kenny puts hope. his his hand on Kenny's shoulder and just kind of like looks at him, like I'm not sure about this yet. And there Ken, might Ken still looks, be a way. Ken looks back, and says, "Honestly, I hope you're right. Part of me hopes you win, and I lose. But I know that if I do, that what happens next is going to be far worse. I'm sorry, son. Twelve years doing everything I can. I can't fix this, and Luke knows." He's tried to, that he can't fix this. This is the only way. And Luke speaks up and says, yeah, you know what, Kenny? I I actually struggle to believe that you didn't know this. Because I think you do. Did you ever tell him, Kenny? You ever tell him about your little dream? You ever tell him about that one where you're walking up those stairs, see that crack of light, you open it up. You remember what you saw there? Remember in that nightmare that keeps haunting you? The throne of blades? Your weeping mother? the world on fire. And did you ever look to your left in that vision? Who's there, Kenny? And just flashes 
of everything he's describing is appearing in your head of this nightmare you'd had over and over and over again. Flashes in your head one more time and just in your mind, you close your eyes for a second and look to your left in your mind's eye and you see standing next to you are your human companions. That they are actually, in fact, the ones bringing the world to its knees and total domination. Does you see that, Kenny? You knew it all along. You knew this is how the story was going to end. That's why we have to change this story. And hey, maybe you were wrong, but when millions, if not billions of lives are on the line, you do what you can. The least we could do is try. So we've been trying to be as gentle about this as possible, but I'm afraid we're just out of options. So you're going to have to give us that crystal now, or we're going to have to make sure that you guys don't leave this room. Yeah, I Um, mean, Hambino slash Mitch is going to uh, remove the the voice facade and uh, talk talk normally as if it's mm-hmm. him and he's and, he, and he's not still in Mitch's form but he's um, he's gonna look over at the two of them and be like you know I've, I've always wondered why I was chosen to even be here I have no family I have no friends. And my life really only started when I got here. So if that means that I have to die today, at least I will die knowing that I died with friends and a family. That's beautiful. You won't be dying here, <laughs> Hampton. <Hampton-Mo. laughs> That's all he like says. that. That's good. Yeah. All right. Enjoy that now. Okay. Um, enjoy dying. I feel actually uh, a little better about killing you now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, yeah, but Kenny, Kenny does. He like he he kind of leans over and and he um, and he just he he just says, "Operator, are you there? Does he does the operator sleep? Are you? What's, um, is this?" Is it the same opera? I don't know how this works. <laughs> and <laughs> you look kind of like up to the heavens, and uh, and um, you uh, you see kind of blinking on the ceiling in like this little misty cloud of snow. It just says uh, "number blocked." <laughs> <laughs> number blocked. <laughs> you got blacklisted, dude. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, that's something we'll have to resolve later. Uh, <laughs> we'll find a way up there. I'm sure I could talk to her. Uh, <laughs> okay, now I want to talk only to the operator. We should, probably deliver some, we should probably deliver some clarifications to the listeners who aren't Patreon subscribers. No. Uh, Kenny has Dave. tried this move before. Yes, where nope. he calls God and the deity operator gets on the phone with him. Yep. And uh, he, <laughs> yep. he ended up abusing that power. It was one. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of like some deity in his iron fortress. You break in the door covered in blood and carnage. And he's like, ah, so you've come to kill me. He's like, no, I've come to kill your, your secretary. <laughs> where is she? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's so good. But I've committed terrible atrocities about that. She committed terrible atrocities to me. She <laughs> blocked me. <laughs> I have no beef with you. But <laughs> that was great. Uh, so anyways, um, so as you guys are talking about all this thing, um, Luke just looks at his watch and he goes, hmm, that's funny. Um you know, we've gone to all this time, about the same amount of time as we spent last time. But last time, I remember you guys got like this really cool little wardrobe change and everything, but I'm not, just not seeing that this time, are we? And you look around and you think about it. Last time we did this, yeah. you suddenly donned, you know, new armor, new, new weapons, new instruments. Like suddenly you became something totally different, inc- tenfold increase in power and ability. And you just see like those little, kind of like electricity in the air you see that it's happening but you f- you see like all those little motes just keep drawing their way up and back towards the back of the bleachers and uh and so luke just kind of looks up towards the back of the bleachers like looks like the little pet project's working eh galvin and you see this head pop up 
it's uh, the head of a halfling who's got this wildly complicated welding helmet, uh, black hair that stands up like a treasure troll. Um, and he kind of nods and clicks back his the visor on his welding helmet and kind of just gives a big thumbs up. And you see him holding up um, this little array of antennae um, that seem to be drawing all that magic energy towards itself. And he kind of just gives a thumbs up from the back. It's like, oh, it's working. Uh, so he's like, all right, oh, great. Wow. Well, then that means you now have no ability to fight back, and this can be quick. That's great news. All right, here we go. Roll for initiative. Oh, oh man. We got a big old, big old dump of stuff. Yeah, we are in quite a swamp of problems, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You've got, it's usually what I love about this. Mi- Missy is nowhere to be found. Mitch suddenly disappeared. Uh, Magnifico just confessed to murder. You are, you know, publicly being accused of such things during the presidential debates, which you know is going to be bad if you lose. Mm. And you know that as soon as you, if you manage to fight off, uh, Nathan's son, who's an incredibly powerful chrono wizard, or Kenny's dad, who is a hired murderer and has been for quite a long time, if you manage to somehow escape that situation and return to reality, reality is a whole just hornet's nest of problems waiting for you <laughs> like you're really in the thick of it on this one top of the round fight is on baby so luke uh oh we gotta up. give you our our uh, initiative modifiers sure yes all right our, kenny, our kenny got a 20 yeah. for initiative john what do you got yep i got a 14 cody 10 killer so here's the deal uh luke crushed his and he actually holds his action he goes all right i guess it's only fair we give you guys a shot go for it and he just kind of folds his hands and just waits um ken is a little slow getting out his weapon um but kenny is up first kenny would like to uh he would like to climb the bleachers and and make his way over to that machine get up there yeah, yeah. Is there uh, something I have to do to get up there? Are you are you trying to run yeah. past um, Luke and Ken, or are you trying to like uh, make a wide arc around the side? Uh, are they is are the bleachers behind them? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're standing. They're standing. They're standing yeah, you're you're at the front of the stage um, or on the stage, and they are between the stage and the bleachers. And you see the guy so, with the machine is up at the back center of the yeah, bleachers. Yeah, he'll probably make a made make a, a wider arc. Okay. Yeah. So. Arcs around the other side, double moves, trying to get over towards uh, off the bleachers safely. Uh, yeah, Nathan Miller. How far away is this guy? Is he within thirty-five feet, Danny? Oh yeah, they're okay. probably standing maybe twenty feet in front of you. No, the uh, the guy with the oh the guy up top. Uh, he's probably a good. He's probably a good forty yards. So that's okay. W- what it. then? then like 100, 120 feet, hundred feet, something like that. Nathan uh, instead just holds his ground. He casts shield on himself and. Quick draws his uh, retractable rapier, his lightsaber. Yeah, baby. And he charges it with arcane energy. Nice. And Luke smiles because <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's like the one I used to have as a kid. But yours was always the coolest. Uh, and Cody, Hambito. All right. Um, I would like to roll a knowledge check on the unit, like the that mechanism or whatever that's drawing in that magic energy. Sure. Yeah, a knowledge so. engineering or a knowledge arcana would suffice. Okay. Oh, there we go. That is a 29. Nice. It looks like whatever the device is, is somewhat novel. It looks different. It looks like there's some sort of fusion of both, uh, kind of like the stuff that you saw in the uh, the portal room between the worlds, where there's some sort of fusion of magic and uh, earth technology that is working together that looks like it was almost homemade um you know tinkered around with by this guy and it seems like it's drawing all the magical energy that is it looks like it's seeking you but it keeps getting drawn over to the back of the room there um yep do i notice any like weaknesses in it is there any way to dismantle it easily like how fortified does it look does it look like it could break easily kind of homemade i mean it's it's still made of metal for the most part but you can see some exposed wires i think if you got a good shot in the right the right corner of it uh you might be able to to bust it up okay um all right well if that's the case um i think what hambino is going to try to do is he's going to try and throw a bomb 
Oh, snap. Nice. <laughs> we haven't seen those yet. No, oh, man. No, he's been hold- he's been saving those well. No, he did. That's he, right. You've been an alchemist make- for a while. Well, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did make one during the library uh, shenanigan trials. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Oh, that's true. I, I used one to just yep. make noise, and I just kind of threw yep. one in uh, the direction of Snyder to kind of make a bunch of noise. Yeah, um, sure. But it was not for the purposes of uh, dealing damage. So yeah, um, here we go. So that's see the what case. it does. So the regular uh, range increment for a bomb is twenty feet. For every range increment outside of that, it's minus two. So you have a minus six to your dexterity and BAB, and then take combine those together, minus six. Yeah, but you only have to hit a five. Yeah, so you have yeah. to hit five. Okay. So so minus six to the shot, DC five. Here we go. Okay. So I get to use my intelligence modifier as the damage. Bonus. Yep. For damage, correct. But what about to hit? Just a to hit is out. dexterity. Plus right. base attack bonus. Base attack bonus. Then yes, I make it. Nice. Dropping bombs. Fires it up there. Just and this guy, you just as the the thing is moving in, Galvin up there with this crazy helmet and goggles. Just you see him flip his little welding mask down, raise his thing, and it, it goes off. How much damage does it do? Okay, two d six plus your intelligence. Oh, that's right. Yeah, two d six plus my intelligence, which is a plus four. So let's hope that nice. we roll something. Ah, oh, there we go. All right, I got a five and a four, so that's 13 oh, points yes. of damage. <laughs> nice, that's pretty good. So just poof, and that hits him too. Uh, Galvin up there too, just kind of takes the blow from that. Looks like his hair has seen more than enough explosions at close range. Um, but yeah, he kind of just takes the hit from that one. Uh, the splash damage on there. Machine looks like it all jostles a little bit, but it appears like it's still functioning. Um, yeah, magnets are still drawing in there, but you see a couple sparks fly out. Um, so that's their turns. It is uh, Ken's turn. So Ken just says, like, I just wish this were easier. So he, like, darts over and he flies. Like, he, like, kicks off the ground and it almost looks like he floats to you. Like, despite the fact that he's a huge person, he's got these thick, heavy combat boots, you almost can't even hear him stepping as he's just, like, darting sideways trying to catch Kenny. So he makes his way over there catches up to him as Kenny's kind of going around the outside. Ken manages to intercept his path, and as he does, he draws what looks like a much larger version of your flinted short sword. Your flinted short sword. Mm. It looks like if yours was the dagger version, which to you is more of a short sword, his is like so the seeing, full blade. He's got like the broadsword in the shower right now. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fully draws the blade that looks like <laughs> oh, that's that's the daddy version, uh, and he, and he goes to hit. With a uh, thirty-one to hit, oh, uh, that's that's gonna hit. Uh, it doesn't crit though. That's good. Um, and now we're gonna roll. I need a calculator for this one. We're gonna roll some damage. We're gonna go nice. uh, thirty-four points of damage. Ooh, how we doing, Kenny? <laughs> Kenny's still up. Look wow. at you, guys. He's still alive. Yeah. That matters, baby. That's right. <laughs> so he walks on over and just, again, like you you see, he's dispelled the mask at this point. And you see it just looks like an older, pinker version of you. And, like, eyes eyes misty. Uh, just, you know, as he moves, he, like, draws the blade and slashes at the same time that he does. And just kind of anime where, like, blood just goes pouring out in a spray off the side of your shoulder as this deep cut goes in as you just see him weeping as you're falling backwards taking this staggering amount of damage Um, and then Luke is up and Luke says okay well I think we've seen what we need to see so um, hey Nathan catch and he goes to cast something Um, and as he does the you, you hear this big th- roar from the back of the auditorium, from the top of the bleachers here. And you see this man running over at Galvin, holding what looks like a lead pipe that was wrenched off of the bleachers, and just starts bashing the back of the head of this Galvin guy. And then just baseball swings at the machine and shatters the antenna. And as you guys look, and it sparks, and there's the light back there, you see his Hank. And Hank's back there just, yeah. just slams this thing. And Galvin is just freaked out by that. He's scattering. His helmet's over his eyes. He can't see what's going on. And Hank's just like, oh, that helps. Get up, guys. And he just runs. 
Uh, like yes. he just smashes as hard as he can, tries uh, to run the other way, and then all of a sudden, in that in, immediately, you guys all just feel like like a swelling of energy fills all of you. You nice. see these things dawn you again, Nathan. You just feel the staff apparates in your hands. Uh, you see Mitch. You know, I would see that uh, Mitch is not here. Mitch, is, the spirits are looking for Mitch. Um, but the <laughs> the energy doesn't know what to do. Over at Hambino, you see that huge axe appears in your hands. Armor drops on you. Robes drop on you. Still nothing for Kenny. But the uh, you know you guys appear incredibly <laughs> powerful. And Luke, for a second, as he sees this, shows up at you. As as Nathan, maybe even like cool and confident, looks back over towards him. You know, holding this new staff, he's just like, "That's that." And he looks over and says, "Okay, guess we're done. See you next time." And he lightning bolts the crystal. Uh, that's sitting inside of the projector, just shoo, and it hits it, bursts into this explosion Ugh. of light blue, no. and just explodes in all directions. No. And it just kind of like it, everyone winces for a second as like the explosion, this lightning bolt, and this energy breaks and kind of blinds everybody. And you're all sitting there turned away, and you guys all look back and kind of unwince your eyes, and the light kind of fades out from the flash grenade, and the whole class is just looking at you all confused. Uh, and you're standing up there for a second and, uh, and everyone else is looking back up at the projector and the crystal just, just shatters in all directions. And you're now standing there with your evidence that spoke perfectly clear to the motives of Randall Mayweather that was just being displayed has now shattered in your hands and you stand up and you look at your classmates who are all looking at you expecting an explanation for the murder confession that Magnifico just gave as you now stand there with your proof literally lying in dust on the floor. What do you do? So Hambino still is. That's all, folks. And I will mention, by the way, because this is also what happened last time time stopped. When the time does rewind, how Kenny went from stumps to Kenny again. Kenny comes back to where you were when the time stopped and the wound is healed as well. So you're you're suddenly back to where you were pre-time stop. Uh, My body might be healed, but my soul is marked. (laughs) Yeah. And you guys even look up at the back of the bleachers, too, and you see Hank standing up there in the back who's just looking at you like still panicked. And he's just like shrugging his shoulders trying to be like, what the frick was that? (laughs) (laughs) So Hank's just looking at the back confused. And then he just kind of puts the pipe down and tries to play it cool and walk back. No sign of the machine. No sign of Galvin. Uh, Did he he kill Galvin? (laughs) I don't even know who that guy is. I know. (laughs) He's got a headache. The back of his skull. Yeah. So so the teachers look at you and Heather Honeypot hops back on the mic. It's like, "Um, well... Would you care to say anything, humans, in the face of these um, allegations? Well, the thing is, to them, Mitch is gone now. Hambino's back into regular form. That's true. Mitch that's true. Disappeared. Yeah. So where did Mitch? Yeah. It's like, um, let's find Mitch and also uh, Hambino and Nathan and Kenny. Do you have anything to add to this? Um, and as you're talking about this, too, uh, Missy bursts through the door. Like you, you see her kind of like... Uh, come running over from the side. She doesn't burst through the door. She's just kind of on the side of the bleachers. She's Um, like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me restate that. Missy just kind of walks around from the back of the bleachers and uh, just holds her hand up and kind of looks up at Heather Honeypot. And Heather's like, Misty, do you have something to say? And she nods. So she gestures her up to the microphone. Um, And Missy hops on the microphone. And Missy has something to say. So... She looks at the pictures on the wall that Wesley Scoops had put up of her going into the groundskeeper's shed and of her tampering with the food. It very much looks that way through the photos. Um, And after Magnifico has just made this confession, uh, Missy speaks. Well, when it comes to the ooze, I had my reasons. I was backed into a corner with that one. You know what? I want to settle this Mr. Mayweather thing once and for all. I killed him. He asked me why. Well, I didn't really have a choice in the matter. I was backed into a corner. You see, he had this look in his eye. 
It was disrespectful. I didn't like the way he looked at me. My grandma always taught me, you don't take shit from no one. So I killed him. And if anyone else wants to see what humans are made of, they can join Mr. Mayweather. The crowd goes crazy. People start freaking out of just like, what? Like, she just, is she just saying she killed Mr. Mayweather? Like, yo, you want to find out? We'll see what we can do with Nancy. And it just becomes chaos in the room as everyone starts freaking out. And then, so uh, some staff comes up, grabs Missy, starts escorting her off the stage, being like, okay, Heather's on the mic trying to, like, okay, wow. I know, wow. So, uh, hang on. We just had multiple uh, confessions of crimes uh, as part of a presidential campaign. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sorry. I think we have to um, – I, I don't know what to do here. I think, I think due to the nature of things that – I guess we still vote. Magnifico, I'm afraid you're going to have to be disqualified if you are now somebody who has uh, committed a, a felony on school grounds. You've committed a, a murder and you've confessed to it, as has Missy. Mitch, I guess you're – technically still in the race but this is this is a lie okay so um i guess for now let's let's vote like normal magnifico is disqualified you can still vote for mitch and missy we need to sort this out immediately humans everybody else out back missy we need to call the police right now everyone get over here okay magnifico don't move stay over there with it it just becomes chaos trying to sort everything out and it's just a total flurry of activity up there and and everything is just an absolute chaos uh missy is escorted alongside of Magnifico, out of the room. Uh, Magnifico gets walked past you uh, and, uh, and just kind of looks at you with kind of fear in his eyes. And he tries to give like a thumbs up, but he's like very concerned and confused. They rush him past and, um, and Heather kind of comes over to you saying, okay, look, this was a lot. Now, I think it's important that you maybe also answer some questions, okay? We have a lot of questions. And... Um, For now, it's very clear that both Magnifico and Missy are going to jail. They need to be under lock and key. And right now, it seems like you may be going there too. So we're going to have you ride in a separate um, car because we don't need you conferring stories. We need to make sure that the stories be kept straight. Um, So right now, if you could, um, I don't know, Missy's leaving now. I I guess say your goodbyes and then pack your things. I guess you're going to be spending a few nights at the... uh, at the at the prison at the the police station. Wait, I we we didn't do anything. Yeah, what, they, I don't. They didn't don't, do anything. Look, we don't know what we did or did not happen, but we know that we have to figure it out. And the safety of our students is the most important thing right now. So, okay, so if you'd like to say goodbye to Missy and Magnifico, go for it, and then yeah. pack your things. You'll be staying a few nights at the police station. Okay, you probably only have a minute, so I'd hurry up and catch her. Hank, please stay with them. And Hank's like, yep, absolutely, ma'am. And he kind of hops up and shuffles along next to you. Nathan runs over to Missy, probably alongside Hambino and Kenny. And uh, just like... Well, so first of all, you struggle to catch up to them. So you're you're yeah. kind of rushing down the hall trying to gain on it, but they're like really rushing her out of there. So they open up the back of a van, you know, blinking lights are going on, and they, they throw in Magnifico and Missy, um, and they sit in the back. Well, actually, Missy gets thrown in there first, and then Magnifico is about to be thrown in there, but he turns around, and he's just like, God, what happened in there? Okay, did I do good? I, did I do the right thing? I felt like I, I, did, I think I did all right. Is, that, Mag- is this good? Yeah, Magnifico, you... T- you did. You did so good. Thank you. I. Wh- you didn't have to do that. Look, I. I know. But here's here's why. Magnifico is so smart. Okay, because I know I didn't do it. <laughs> and, and you guys are so good at figuring stuff out. Okay, so you could just figure out how to tell them that I didn't do it. And I. You know, you guys are. You, you'll figure something out. Okay. I, but I'm. I'm. I'm your party member. I, I. And someone had to step up and take the heat. And that's what I did. I did not know Matthew was going to say what she did, or I would have been a little more quiet about it. But. Uh, <laughs> But look, you guys can help me figure this out, okay? I trust you. You are the only friend that I've ever had. And I know you would have done this for me, okay? So I'm going to head on in there. Be quick about it because I'm too pretty for prison. And uh, I, I lo- hey, look at me. Look at me. I love you guys, okay? We love you too, Magnifico. <laughs> You're okay. great, we man. Love you, buddy. Yeah, Thanks. I like you a lot, bud. I'll take it. Thank you. Then <laughs> give me the hell out of here, okay? And they leans back and they they lift him up into the van um and missy's just sitting against the wall kind of just staring in the middle of the room um and uh 
and yeah, she's just sitting there in the van. They sit uh, Magnifico down next to her. And then the cops kind of hop in the front of the van and say, all right, you got 20 seconds. We got to get going. Missy, we'll get this straight. I promise. We'll get this whole thing straightened out. And she just kind of like slowly turns over to you guys um, and kind of like gives like a, a gentle smile, like a, a, a soft kind of sincere smile. Um, and Magnifico uh, just says, uh, um, like, Mithy, by the way, what? why did you say that? Why did you say those things? Why did you do that? And Missy kind of looks over at the rest of you and smiles and responds. Why did I say all that? <laughs> Why did I say all that? Y'all just don't seem to understand, do you? Missy's been dead for weeks. What? And Missy's smile flashes for a second, and her whole face, like a wash of scales, appear and then appear again. And then in between those two washes of scales over her face, you see some sort of serpentine face hiding beneath Missy's. Uh, that just gives you this big, wicked grin with slitted eyes and just flashes for a second and then flashes again as Missy smiles uh, after saying what she said and then says, See you around. And then she pounds twice on the door and the vehicle begins to pull away as the door swings shut. And the last thing you see is missing smiley face, sm- Missy's smiling face looking out the back of the van at you and Magnifico with a look of absolute terror as the van pulls away. Wow. Nathan's eyes are wide and just like. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be freaking kidding me, man. <laughs> what happened? What happened to Missy? Where'd she? What? Oh, oh, that's a good question. Wow. Also, where's Mitch? <laughs> yeah, where the <laughs> hell is Mitch? Because <laughs> yeah. he could be just as dead. Yeah. He could be my new dead dad, but not just... <laughs> and just to quote Missy right there, you don't seem to understand. Missy's been dead for weeks. 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 Wow. Who knows where Mitch could be? Yeah. I mean, how long have we been at the school? It's probably been about, probably closing on two months or so. Two months. I think overall. We've skipped some time, kind of inserted weeks to make sure we're not just on the first week of school still. Good. I was nervous. (laughs) Game time. Game time. It's Friday after your first Monday. Uh, Yeah. But we. But when we insert a little bit of breaks in there for normal life and things like that, we're probably about two months in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it if it actually was Friday after a first Monday, I'm like, I don't think I've ever known the real Missy. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> no, since, since a week and a half before I met her, she's been someone else. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, as Heather comes outside, says, okay, that's enough, guys. Um, we're going to have to send you to the police station so they can get your testimonies on these things. Dang. I'd advise you not to say anything until then. For now, head to your rooms, pack a change of clothes or something, and we'll we'll leave soon. Okay. Um, All right. To be clear, are, am, am I in trouble? Or Kenny, I'm afraid by association, we're going to at least need your testimony. They're going to want to ask you questions. Oh, I, I can answer questions. That's easy. That's good. That's great. That's exactly what they need. So please go to your rooms, grab your things, and we'll leave soon. Okay. So they escort you all the way back through the halls, back to your Do I need a permission we'll... slip for this? Kenny, you don't go to school here. <laughs> right now, you need a permission slip to do anything that the police tell you you can do. So let's just... So I need the go. police permission? Does my mom know about this? Okay. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call your mom. Uh, so yeah, so they, she goes to find Kendra and, uh, and they, they kind of like security sort of like lets you into your rooms and then close the doors and wait outside your door while you guys pack your bags. Um, we'll assume for now you guys are all in the same room. I don't remember the sleeping arrangements, but we'll say for now that you're on the same room. So you're packing up what you pack up, moving things around, picking out fresh undies, shirts and shorts. And, uh, you hop over and find, uh, Hambino Pops open his last laptop one last time to kiss the bachelorettes goodbye and just make sure that everything is okay because he knows he can't bring that with him. But as he opens it up, you notice that your files have been shifted around and there's a folder on your desktop that you don't know what that is. Uh, 
So you double click it and inside of there, there's a little like webcam video uh, that was recorded. It looks like on your laptop, uh, you open it up and you see that it's Missy on the screen oh, and no. uh, you don't know what that's about. So you hit play and the video plays out. Hey y'all. Um, I don't know if I'm figuring y'all will find this. It's, you know, between the Hambino and Nathan, y'all are so techy and nerdy. I figured you picked this up, but uh, anyways, I, I just wanted to say, I've been having a really bad feeling. I don't know what's going on. I've been feeling like I've been, I've been being watched. Uh, I haven't been feeling well and I, I don't know exactly what's happening, but you know, my grandma always said to keep a record in case anything happens. So here's my record. If anything happens to me, I want you guys to know that I love you guys. I came here uh, for very different re for a host of reasons that I'll get into. But, you know, Hambino, when you see this, I just want you to know you're so you're strong and you're brave. You're goofy as hell, but I love you. And I just wish you would believe in yourself. I hope that your confidence only grows in the way that I've seen it grow since our time here. You know, trust yourself. You got a, you got a courageous heart and you want to do what's right. And I really admire that about you. And speaking of which, Nathan Miller, you know, Miller, I've always given you a hard time and we don't always see eye to eye and we go about things differently, but I really respect your honor. I just hope you know when to break the rules in order to protect those that you love, you know? So I know that you're very, you're very strict on the rules, but I just hope you grow in the wisdom to know when it's right to bend the rules in order to get done what needs to be done to protect those that you love. I know you care about all of us deeply at the end of the day, and I always like that about you. So, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, Jaeger, we've we've had our times. You know, you're you're always the funniest one in the group. Just stay chaotic. You know, keep going. It it, it always keeps things interesting. Uh, you know, I I I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget the way that you made me laugh. And you know, there's a lot of value to to that. So, uh, I just encourage you to. You know, remember that that you know it, it's it's good to love people, and chaos isn't always the answer. <laughs> but you know, uh, at the end of the day, I love you, brother. And Kenny, I have grown to love you like a sister. You know, I never had a little brother. I kind of always wanted one. I had cousins, but they weren't as uh, cute as you. You know. Uh, I definitely love our, our hijinks together. And if anything were to happen to me, I just want you to know you'll always have a big sister looking out for you no matter what. So, uh, I hope everything works out with your mom. You know, that was a lot. Uh, but I love you, little buddy. Um, but anyways, enough with the sappy stuff. Uh, there's one thing I did want to tell you guys. This is the order of business. I was sent here by an organization named Spectre. Uh, I know that their mission is to figure out what's going on in Mythos and how to use it to their benefit by any means necessary. It doesn't really matter. As a matter of fact, Spectre's the reason I'm here. Uh, I never told you guys this. I always kept it close to the belt because it's not really something I like to share. But, you know, my dad was a essentially a, a lifelong criminal, professional criminal. Uh, he landed himself in jail. It made things really rough. Um, it, it's really complicated. My, my family, my, my uncle is a part of the criminal organization that's run and he has connections and Spectre approached him and they heard about the teenage program and I was elected and, and sent through to gather information for Spectre. I, I, I don't know... I was desperate. I just wanted to get my dad out of prison, it, it, but that doesn't matter now. Uh, but you guys need to know this. I think they're behind something. I can't, I wish I could offer more, but that's all I got. Anyways, I love y'all.
if anything were to happen, rule the school for me. Give them hell, boys. And the recording stops. Kenny, um... Are we all here watching this, or is this just him being yeah. You all watched it together. Okay, great, 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 great. Except for Mitch. Kenny's, uh... Kenny's crying. Hmm. He doesn't... You know, he doesn't normally... Uh, it, today has just been such a whirlwind for him. <laughs> I mean, is Probably this for what, everybody? Yeah, it's well, been a crazy day. Well, wait, when was when was the wedding? Is this the day after? The day or the, yesterday, yesterday was the wedding. Yeah. So <laughs> crazy two days. So for Kenny, he like he had to save his mom's life, and uh, and like this guy who tried to kill us and murder us, who was using his mom against him for the past I don't know weeks or months, even uh, yeah, weeks I guess. Um, he found out, well, he had his dad impersonated and then kill him. And then he found out his real dad actually is trying to kill him after years of, uh, of like being so proud of his dad being dead and then finding out his dad is alive and committing to himself that he's going to spend everything that's in him to find his dad and bring him back. And then his dad is alive and does come back and, not only uh, expresses that he's going to try to kill him, but but really does takes takes a good chunk of uh, meat out of his son, you know, and then and then to find out immediately after that one of his best friends and his only older sister in the world has also died. His he's not an emotional uh, person, but he is he's sobbing. He's just you know red in the face with whatever hint of pink there is and um and just he's he's letting loose and he feels vulnerable for the first time tapping into his human side yeah, yeah. nathan is has some tears or at least some mist right in his eyes just like so she's been gone this whole time and we've been so focused on all this other stuff that's so trivial she was dead she oh damn it missy <sighs> look the only thing we need to worry about right now and the most important thing we need to figure out is how we can at the very least get out of this predicament that we're in let's focus on clearing our names, getting to a point where we can at least keep going to school and start going on the offensive. We need to figure out who's in charge of Spectre, who is operating a mythos that's involved with Spectre, and how we can convince Kenny's dad and Luke That we aren't the bad guys. And if yeah, we don't do like that, a... if we don't do that, everything that Missy had done would be lost to time. And Nathan just kind of has this realization like, oh, like we're losing right now. And. In the evil future, we won. Right now, when we lost, even though we've lost so much, and we just, maybe this is the road to a future where we do good. Like, maybe Luke and Ken were right. To destroy the is Nathan saying this to us right now, or is this just I, I in think his head? I think he's starting to think out loud a little bit, and he's like, "Guys, I maybe Luke and Ken were right. Maybe we should have just given them the crystal 
I mean, they destroyed it anyway. Now we've lost in the the future where things have gone evil, where we go evil, where we destroy the world, we win. Maybe they did what was right. Let's just put it this way. When Mayweather tried to kill us, that was wrong. Yeah. When Snyder tried to take advantage of the human race out of out of, out of being completely ignorant, that was wrong. Well, I mean, he's, so to, he, his dad is dead. He's acting out. That's normal. Then let me give you let me, let me give you another example. Luke and Kenny's dad taking advantage of kids who haven't even made their own decisions and haven't even been able to prove to the world that they can bring in an era of peace. That was wrong. Two wrongs don't make a right, but three yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get a whiff of that potion? <laughs> <laughs> you mean three lefts? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, here. Time's up. We got to go. Guys, all I'm saying is maybe the worlds need to stay separate. We'd have one hell of a boring podcast if that were the case. <laughs> Kenny, That's true. Kenny said. <laughs> Kenny says, uh, wiping tears from his eyes and snot, and he says, "No, the worlds have to be one. We have to bring the worlds together. This, this spite, this evil, the separation between us is—it's too much, and it's tearing us apart even further." And as far as I'm concerned, the more resistance that we come up against to to bring these two worlds together, the, the more we have to fight, the more we have to try to unite the worlds. I don't know what's happening on earth right now, but I know in Mythos, we're, we're fighting for the future. We're fighting to prevent, those weren't dreams I had, they were, they were nightmares. And I know as, as far as I'm concerned, I need to do everything in my power to prevent that eventuality to prevent my, my dad and your son, which is still strange from winning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I, I, I don't want to become evil. I don't want to destroy the world. I, at least what today can serve as is a warning. Ten seconds and we're breaking it down. Okay. All right. We're coming. Well, all I'll say is good luck in there. Let's uh, let's go. Let's go and try and make some things right. Fight for the future. Door swings open and security grabs you, escorts you down the hall. Swiffer sees you going out the door and just nods. Finally, they got those sons of bitches. And, uh, <laughs> and you guys get walked out of the building. Another van, Hank's van, is going to transport you to the police station. Opens up, and you guys hop on in the back. Um, as you guys pile into the back, you notice that you're not alone in this van. You see a couple other people in there. Number one, you see uh, Drake Howitzer. Number two, you see Kendra. Number three, Hank leans back from the front seat, kind of over the front, looking back at everyone like, all right, kids, let's get going, and starts driving you guys forward. And as you guys are driving, uh, there's just kind of a solemn silence in there, in the van for a minute. And eventually, as you just kind of hear the purr of the motor and just driving over over rough rough roads, uh, making your way there, Drake Howitzer finally speaks up and just says... I told you already that if you succeed or fail here, it will be by your own hands. I will not allow interference. 
Your enemy seems to think that the future is certain, but they haven't been around long enough to know that prophecy can be molded. I think we need to make a better plan. Your enemy is pushing harder. I say we push back. And Kendra, kind of looking across, kind of nods and then looks back at you. And Hank kind of looks over his shoulder, kind of gives a nod too. And uh, you continue driving into the night. Your enemy is now more determined than ever and far more willing to get their hands dirty. Missy appears to be dead. Magnifico is in prison. And locked in a cell, or at least in close quarters, with whatever this other Missy is. It's time to start taking your classes more seriously because you're going to have to get much, much stronger to face what lies ahead in Season 3 of Bugbear High. Whoa. All right, fellas. What the heck? Let's freaking go. That's a rap game. Hey, y'all. Thank you for listening to Bugbear Hive. This show is brought to you by our game master, Danny Hochstatter, John Barlow as Nathan Miller, Cody Martin as Frederick Cambino, Chad Martin as Mitch Yeager, yours truly as Missy Mattel, and Kenny Haas as Kenny the Undecided. Our theme song is As Long As We're Together by Kenny Haas. Our editor is Cody Martin, and our cover art was created by Ashley Newell. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share us with your friends. Please. We're desperate. Please share. We're begging you. Anyways, you can support this show on Patreon to gain access to exclusive content and to help us continue make stuff like this. You can also connect with us on Instagram using our handle at Bugbear High. Our episodes release every other Monday, so be sure to tune in then. Until next time, give them hell, y'all.